What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode number 26 of the Solve for Why vlogcast. As you can see, this week I am flying solo as your host extraordinaire. Christian still back on the East Coast, taking a bit of an extended holiday vacation. Must be nice, kid. Enjoy yourself back East, freezing your balls off, shredding that weight, trying to get down to 19% body fat and uh, basically make me poor. This week, we are going to bring you part two of the Joe Ingram interview. Before we get to the meat of this vlog cast, uh, I want to, you know, basically give some shit away. You know, Chin's not here. I'm left with the keys to the castle. I feel like, uh, you know, a month free for the subscription site. That's nice. I'm sure you guys are getting some value out of that, but I want to give you more. So starting this Friday, Black Friday, not that Black Friday, uh, day after Thanksgiving, we are going to start to release the best of series uh, for season one of Poker Out Loud. Poker Out Loud is a live cash game on an RFID table where there are six players all wearing noise-canceling headphones. When a decision point is on somebody, they're going to have to explain why they're about to do what they're about to do and how it will be profitable. You can get the real pulse of what's happening in a game. Poker players talking about their hands openly, but they can't hear each other. All right, let, let's fucking go, man. These guys are weak as hell. I'm the only one battling. Now Berkey thinks he's going to take control of this table. So I'm actually going to check raise. I'm definitely going to check raise. I think Matt's check raise makes very little sense. I think with the three people that are on his left, he understands he's going to get squeezed a lot. I think he tries to do that when he's like mostly one and done. The beauty is our hand looked like a one and done on the flop. This is a tough bet right here for me getting raised is really a disaster so i'm gonna give the fake look back as if i'm checking to see if my ace possesses a heart and then i'm gonna be all in i'm all in players all in so we're gonna grab some chips here and see how he reacts to this stuff i'm gonna three bet this hand i think chen's gonna behave himself after i knock his cock and the last one i've decided i'm just gonna start making jack's life hell every time he enters the pot so I think that when he's shoving here, he's doing so often with one pair of hands. He has shown that he's capable of just waking up aggressive after having his hand caught in the cookie jar. This is well within my bankroll. Like we're not playing something ridiculous where like I'm afraid or anything like that. To anybody paying attention, understands that Christian right now is a wounded duck. Obviously the two best players are losing. Standard poker. I think it's really important that after you double up through somebody that's sitting right next to you, you're going to want to keep moving your chips around. So if you notice over the next 10 hands, I'm just going to keep moving my chips closer and closer to Christian and just tilt the shit out of him. good today because I have a bet against Berkey. Otherwise, I think she's flirting with me. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> Bad read. For the next 
um, six weeks. Every Friday, we are going to be releasing uh, basically a, a backwards look at what we deem to be the top 10 hands from season one of Poker Out Loud. Every other week, we are going to give you the complimentary um, podcast that Christian and I do called On Second Thought. In that, we are going to go through and we're going to dissect hands uh, one by one, as well as kind of point out where our thoughts in real time go wrong and where they go right. Uh, what what allows the six players at the table to be as talented as they are. Secondly, as I mentioned, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Uh, don't forget that all of this content is coming to you. But most importantly, head over to tv.solveforyacademy.com and check out our subscription site. We are literally giving it away. You can gain access by using the signup code letter S number four letter Y gift. That's going to get you one month all access. Go in there, watch the full season of Poker Out Loud so that you have an idea where we're pulling these top 10 from. Um, if you're currently a member and you want to basically be a member long term for a discount, we are also giving away yearly subscriptions for $9.99. That is uh, discounted from our $11.99 yearly price. Just use the signup code training season. Now that we have that administrative stuff out of the way, let's get into what you all came here for. Let's get back to the interview with Joey Ing. Well, let's dig in. Okay. Um, you know, from my vantage point, and this is something that like I put a huge emphasis on the first time I went through this. And the big change for me was when my grandma passed. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, 2012, I'm really trying to explore what it is to be an adult, what responsibilities are. And I really felt like I landed on something to the point where I actually ended up uh, doing a keynote speech on it where, um, you know, I framed it around Maslow's hierarchy of needs and basically said once basic needs are met, which for most intelligent human beings, they just will be by default. Now your sole emphasis becomes on like social um, relationships, interactions, love for oneself, and then ultimately reaching a level of altruism. And I felt like I had a clear path there. And then my grandma got sick with cancer and I ended up being her caregiver until she passed. And like from that point forward, I felt like poker started to again, creep back in mm. and overtake all of that stuff because you could be emotionless. And it's like at the most vulnerable point, where I just wanted to shut everything off, not be sad anymore, and like not allow myself to really feel anything, mm -hmm. I had high stakes poker to fall into. And I went on the biggest upswing of my life. And I think somewhere along the way, like, you know, as, as I was kind of mentioning, like over the last two months, this is the first time I've really allowed myself to be sad, just like profoundly sad in years. Mm -hmm. And it's like some of that's probably a byproduct of not dealing with her death or whatever. But also it's just like, I've been playing so much less poker that I have no choice. And at some point I had to like stop and say like, well, I can't build my life around a business. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, that's crazy. I definitely don't have the same passion for it as I did poker. And also like, what's the final outcome? It's interesting when you say that. Yeah, I think uh, it's a big reason why I don't play as much poker now anymore. It's just, I wanted to feel emotion. And that's sort of the same thing I went through is just, I, I, that's how I how you get good at poker in some ways, right? Is you have to control the emotion. That's what people say, and for it seemed like that's what it took for me to be able to have this top line of success. And then the the question sort of become is, well, can you play? Can you still play poker to some degree, but allow emotion to come into your life? Um, allow yourself to be sad and to be happy and to kind of go through that whole gamut of things. And 
I kind of go through now with, with like relationships and I say, I, I get frustrated. I get sad. I get these things. And in some ways it's like, well, I don't want to be sad. I want to be happy. But at the same time I say, I, I do kind of enjoy going through all these emotions because I turn yeah. these off for so long. And I think that's something where, where, you know, you kind of mentioned the whole business first poker and do you have that same passion for it or not? And I think it's kind of like, once you get to a point in your life where you realize you can make these decisions and and maybe you viewed poker as this vehicle to get to this point in life and now you're at this point in life and you realize like I don't have to choose one thing. Right. I can choose a, a more variety of things and I tried this approach. It didn't necessarily work in the past where I was like dedicated to one thing. So now let me build my life to be a more well-rounded life. And what exactly does that mean? And then I think what's happening with both of us is that you start exploring those things and you're like, well, fuck, this isn't easy, right? Like, yeah. maybe we need some relationships. Well, turns out that shit's hard. And when you neglect relationships and caring and strategy and thinking about it for so long, then you kind of you kind of suck at relationships. So now like all these people, you sort of like, hey, I'm, I'm dedicated to poker. And I, you know, look at them and be like, ah, oh, whatever, you know, fuck it, I'll worry about that later. Well, now later comes and you kind of suck at relationships and you're like, well, now I got to get better at these. And it, it comes to the detriment of your ability to focus on these other things in your life. And now it's like the challenge of trying to bring these things all together. And now the idea of living a balanced life becomes what you're trying to get better at. And I think that's what I'm trying to get better as like, I, I thought the other day, I'm thinking like, this is what balance means. So wait a sec. When I, when I do this, I just focus on this and I just go to something else. I'm like, I didn't know it's possible because yeah. I've always just focused on business or poker, whatever poker was my business or myself as a business. And I'm now I'm like, well, no, you can go to dinner and talk with someone and not have to do anything with that. But then it's going to hurt your business in theory, but maybe it doesn't have to. Maybe this is the way you achieve more. So these are the kind of thoughts I'm trying to wrap my head around because I'm trying to find the meaning in the relationships and the friendships and the family sort of things like that. Because in my mind, I've always thought like a lot of that is, is detriment to my success at poker and, and, and career. And now it's, well, that's maybe that's necessary to experience that, to realize that's not something that I enjoy. And now you get to make the decision, what kind of emotions that you'd like to feel. And so that's, that, that's kind of interesting to me because, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned, uh, what I think is a huge sticking point and that's like finding the meaning in relationships. But the irony is, Nobody has more good relationships as far as like being on good standing, I would think, than you. Mm -hmm. Like in the community as a whole, you're very well liked. Uh, you know, you're not really a polarizing figure in that regard. And most anyone will give you the time of day. Obviously, that's like surface level stuff. But taking it beyond that, like, why do you think it was so easy to cultivate uh, effectively acquaintanceship, mm -hmm. but it seems so incredibly difficult to find like meaningful relationships. Well, I think I've always been good at, at acquaintanceship. I've always been, I think what happened was, is that, cause I've thought about this a lot too, right? It's like, well, how did I get to this point where I'm at? Because it did, it was an accident. Was it by effort? And I think it was like clearly by effort yeah, in yeah. my mind. Right. I, but I, I, I thought like kind of just, maybe I'm just this who I am. And, but no, I think it takes a very concentrated effort, whether consciously or subconsciously in order to get, to get where like pe people like you in some type of way. Right. And it's like, you sort of have to mold yourself to be this, this, this person that like you, that people like, right. Well, what do people like? They like people that are, that are nice, that are kind, that are respectful, that are intelligent, that are good at what they do, like all these sorts of things. So I think over time, I've sort of taken these in subconsciously through guests I've had on. I go, well, people like this guy. Well, what's what's there like about these people? And that's how I've been in my life. I sort of find what I like in other people and what I admire and what I'd like to be like. And then I learn how to do those things myself in some ways. I think what happens is, is what's been happening to me is that you sort of, uh, 
you never really know who yourself is in some ways because you don't make a decision consciously to act like this way. It's sort of just, well, that seems like a good way to go. And that seems like it'll allow me to have success with what I'm doing and what my strategy is. So then I'll sort of pick it up. I think what I've been realizing is like, I've never really made these conscious decisions on what I'd like to be like or who I'd like to be like or, or outside of just like, you know, I want to do really good at what I'm doing and I want to cover these issues and I want to get myself out there and I want to make people really happy with the stuff content I'm creating and I want to speak for people that have no voice. But it wasn't like that was sort of like the vision, but it wasn't like I didn't know I'm fucking going to get there. Right. So I, I think what happened was is that is that like I, I got good at like the goal was a girl. I wanted girls, right? I always want girls like me, right? So yeah. I'm like, how do I like, know girls when I'm 15? You know, girls like you a little bit, but it's like, well, how do I get people to like you, you know, like whatever I'm doing. Right. I got friends. I got, I had a bunch of friends cause I played sports and I did that. So we would always meet up and always play sports, play video games, stuff like that. So I had a lot of my, my athlete friends and then I started getting into car culture. So I had a lot of car friends too, but I never really knew how to build a friendship and I mm. still don't know now. And this is something I'm trying to really get better at. So I never really knew how to build that deep connection. And I think once the emotion got, got too extreme, I just cut myself off from that point. And I never really went through the the ups and downs of, of an emotional relationship. So I got really good over time at getting getting really good at, at at getting people like me. And then I would just say, all right, I got, I'm not going to go any further. A lot of times with women, right? It was just casual. I didn't want a girlfriend. I didn't want to do that kind of stuff. And I think as I got a little older, I realized like I was kind of an asshole a little bit because that was just my attitude is very sarcastic, not serious. And then all these comments that people would say to me all the time, never made sense. They're always like, I can never tell if you're serious. And I was yeah. Like, like, what are you talking about? Right? Like I'm being serious now. Was I being serious? I don't know. But I realized like I was just so sarcastic and I've realized like sarcasm, I think is a defense mechanism for right. allowing you to be yourself because you're afraid that people aren't going to like who you actually are. So therefore you put up this sort of facade in some ways where you, you approach things with humor and sarcasm as, as this thing. And then if they accept it, you go with it. And if they push back, you can say you're joking around in some yeah. type of way. Yeah. So I was like, well, fuck, that's certainly something I did kind of growing up really, really. That's, that was like, that's me. It sounds like me. Exactly. Yeah. So then I realized, okay, I'm, I'm kind of an, some people I'm an asshole because they like they just that's how I make jokes and they take me as they don't know me they think I'm being a dick. I said well, I'm not going to do that anymore because that's not how I want to be. So I think that's what happened is just over time I I just I sort of okay well if I want to get to know people I, I I need to be respectful and I want people to treat me with respect and I want to be open minded and I, and I want to give everybody a chance in some type of way. And I think that's how I've approached my career. It's just I want to give everybody a chance and I want to be open-minded and I want to treat you with respect and I don't want you to be an asshole to me or kind of big time or whatever you want to call it. So I'm going to be that way to other people. And I think people sort of like that kind of approach. And yeah. I think that with, I think just with the position I, I've been in over time, I just thought maybe it's it's better to be someone who knows all the different circles of people because that would seem like it's a good position to be in if you want to try to I guess, help an industry out in some type of way. So that was sort of yeah. the way I've thought about it in my mind. And now I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking about it like that, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out more about who, who maybe I am inside and make some decisions consciously that I'd like to go these directions like that. It's, it's funny because, uh, you pretty much just described the exact opposite of how I've been throughout yet. We keep landing at kind of the same point of resistance. Yeah. So like for me, it was very, very different. I've always been uh, I, I've always had access to vulnerability for whatever reason. Like I'm, I'm generally good at connecting with people on a deeper level, but because of that, like I'm not good at 
connecting necessarily with like a wide variety of people. Mm. Um, and you know, I was, I was like the guy who had a bunch of girls that were friends, but like never had a show. I basically didn't even date until I was in my like mid twenties. Yeah. This is like very, very op. Like, yeah. Op, but I can see why that would happen and why mine wouldn't happen. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not, you're looking to kind of stay kind of in a deeper zone kind of thing. I'm trying to get the fuck out of that. Yeah. And also zone. I was yeah. just like so hyper focused. And this is where we start to have the commonality. I was so hyper focused on baseball that I couldn't possibly be bothered. And also like my first real crush was like literally my best friend in the world whenever mm. I was in high school. So like the fact that that never amounted to anything, it was just like, well, I'm not even going to bother with this. Like this is an afterthought kind of thing. I'll deal with it when I have to. And ultimately what it got me good at was being able to build actual deep, profound relationships. I still have the same best friend that I've had since third grade. Like wow. uh, we're just super close. And I've added a lot of people to that inner circle throughout. But ultimately what I arrive at is this huge sticking point where it's like, I've had two serious girlfriends in my entire life. And I just completely imploded both relationships despite absolutely loving both girls, right? It's just like to the core, they're two people that I want in my life forever in mm -hmm. some capacity, but just couldn't get past the resistance. And I think the big thing of what it is of like why I can love my boy Jace until the day he dies with no expectation and no problems whatsoever is because there's that ability to escape. You know, there's, you don't need to worry about the end goal. There's no end goal with my best friend, Jace. Mm. We're just best friends forever, right? And if anybody asks, we'll just tell them that. But with relationships, those extra layers of responsibility that get tacked on, all of a sudden, week one, you're sitting there saying like, well, how does this end? Does she hate my guts when it's all <laughs> said and done because I ran for the hills? Or are, are we like in a lifelong partnership with kids and a white picket fence is this going to end in it's impossible to escape that that concept and it's like i just wonder how profoundly we fucked it up as a human race uh not not even i don't even necessarily know if i believe in monogamy or polygamy or polyamory or whatever yeah uh i don't have a stance and i do know that like i i've thought about it a lot and i think it would be very hard to get over the jealousy things so like monogamy makes the most sense to me that way mm -hmm. but like at the end of the day, I think there's just such a, a profound difference between relationship and friendship. And my mind is so wired towards the friendship that I don't know if I can overcome. Interesting. I mean, first of all, I think you can overcome it, right? It just takes, well, what's what's our problem? Our problem is overcoming overcoming the, the feeling that we experience in a relationship. Well, then how do we solve that problem is, well, we have to go find the, the proper knowledge in that problem, right? So now you have to go out there and you have to find good resources in terms of what people are teaching you. Everything whether you're that, saying is why we're undateable. Right. This whether, logic, I know this, cannot... this, and this is, this is a problem of relationships, obviously, because I'm like, oh, here's the problem. Let's right. go here. Like, let's study the problem. Yeah, let's yeah. find the professionals at this. Let's take that in. Let's put that into action. Let's revisit the process. It's like the standard learning process over time. And that's sort of how I think about getting like, yeah. It has to be better, right? In some way, I'm like, all right, this has to get fucking better, right? This can't be like this right, sort right. of thing, like that. And uh, yeah, man, listen, I, I'm I'm not good at these whole, you know, the guy girl like deeper relationship because I sort of think that way too. It's it's sort of like, where does this go? How does this go? Where does it where like what like where do we go to? And I think I've the the monogamy versus polygamy aspect, right? I I don't know if I could enjoy polygamy. I don't get jealous really at all about those type of things like that. And I don't know if this is on defense mechanism or if it's because i really don't get jealous but like i like to see people happy in some ways too so like if this makes you my thinking is like listen if if i'm with you and and you want to go talk to whoever right and that makes you happy to me i'm like 
Well, fuck it. I mean, like... Well, I agree. That wouldn't bother me. Right. Like, but it's the that, idea of, like, having multiple partners that you're sleeping with. Like, once you break that barrier of intimacy, mm-hmm. to me, it becomes a lot more difficult. And to be fair, if I run through my dating history in my mind, there aren't very many examples where I would have cared if the person was sleeping with someone else. Right. But that's just because I didn't care. Mm. Right? It wasn't because, like... This might be it, then, because maybe maybe that 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 experience of like that feeling of like this deep careness whatever it is maybe we need to like learn what the hell this is right and like because i don't really even know what that means like i yeah. i don't have a relationship in some ways right like, what's the point of a guy dating a, a, a girl right or guy dating a guy or whoever dating any fucking buddy like that and that sort of intimate serious level i don't quite understand how that fits into my overall life construction and i I am going to change this, right? Like yeah. I'm trying to change this right now because I've realized like I'm, I've visited things and I've enjoyed these aspects of my life, but I haven't, I haven't liked the way I've lived and the happiest moments in my life occurred when this sort of deeper connection was taking place. And I let my guard down to not think how this has value in my overall life construction. I just enjoyed the moment with that person sort of thing like that. So I don't know if this looks like I mean, I just, there's so much this like turmoil in these relationships. I just, yeah. I'm like, sh- I struggle to find like the desire to want to keep going through this because they just get to a point where they're so fucking bad to some degree. <laughs> and you're just like, I do not experience this by myself. And like, why do I go through this? And then when you take into account, like maybe they're in your world, right? Like you, you date someone who's a another poker player. Right. And then like, they're telling me. It just stresses me out <laughs> fucking thinking about this, right? right, right and I, yeah. Maybe, maybe we we put ourselves in this situation, no, 100%, and we, so, 100%, so it's like hundred percent. Like we attract the you know we attract what we what we get, and yeah. like for me the big the big hurdles that uh, I've I've gone through are like I'm the type of person who's independent to a fault. Where like and I, I <laughs> yeah. learned I learned this from my granddad, and like I've never admired someone as much as I do him. Where it's just like this thing where you want to take the world on your shoulders, right? So anybody who I actually get close to me, it's like, what are your problems? They're my problems too. Let me shoulder the load. Let me do everything I can. And when you take on that, like, not not necessarily a savior's mentality, but but like this mentality where it's like, I'm more capable than everybody else at conquering all the world's problems. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like you get yourself into a stressed position where it's like, you are on the brink of shutting down and some excess weight is going to have to go. And generally it's going to be other people's problems. And unfortunately, the easiest way to do that is often by severing ties. And yeah, there's not, not necessarily in a permanent way, but like, this is again, the difference between that layer of friendship versus relationship. It's why friendship becomes so easy. And you know, that's that's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) It does much easier. Like, ah, fuck this. Yeah. It's just like, Hey, you're not going to hear from me for a week because I'm about to have a mental breakdown. But it's like, you know, if you do that while you're in a relationship, it's like, what's wrong with me? It's like, no, it's not nothing's wrong with you. It's everything that's wrong with me. Um You're 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 describing me kind of really perfect, right? Like I go through these mental breakdowns where I just can't get a grip on what the hell's happening in the relationship and I go, I just gotta be alone, right? I gotta be yeah. by myself, but it doesn't right like it it doesn't work that way in a relationship it appears right because that's a hard thing for your partner or whoever you're intimate and vulnerable with or whatever to to just accept that you suddenly want to shoulder everybody's problems but whenever you have some yourself you're not willing to push them off and and try to accept some sort of help and it's like that becomes very problematic but then on top of that it's it's like you have to have this i don't know like like almost battle back and forth of this is the worst version of me 
I know you don't understand that, but I need you to suffer through it. And it's, it's, it's a big ask. It's an unfair ask, right? So it's just like, you almost want to come with a waiver and be like, look, I don't know if you know what you're signing up for right now. This is, this is what I say. Perk, Perkins has probably has a great answer for this, right? Yeah, like, I imagine. Anytime I got, anytime I get a question like this, like Perkins taught me one of the, one big thing he, uh, he's the reason why I'm in a relationship, like why I got in a relationship basically, because yeah. I, I messaged him one day. And I was like, bro, I was like, man, you know, I'm t- I, I met this girl and, um, you know, like, but she's, you know, it's kind of like seeing other guys too right now. Right. And he's like, well, did you tell you I want to be in a relationship with her? I was like, no. <laughs> he's like, did you bring up the idea of being in a relationship? I go, well, no. He's like, well, what, what do you, what do you expect to happen? He's like, before you can be in a relationship, you have to tell yourself you want to be in a relationship first. Right. Cause he's like, do you want to be in a relationship? I said, well, I don't know. So, well, there's your thing, right? So you can't ask someone else to be in a relationship with you if you don't know if you want to be in a relationship yourself because you're kind of like sending these mixed signals to, to other people. So I was like, okay. So then when I would meet people after that, I said like, you know, I am looking for a relationship and I, and I, I meant it. Mm-hmm. And I, ha- and I, I, re- I tried to be very communicative over time. Like, this is kind of how I think this is what my life's like. And then you think about like these women who say like, I'm too much to handle. Yeah. And I never really understood that. And now I'm like, ah, oh, well, not, not make, I'm like, too, I, I, I guess I'm a lot to handle. What does yeah. that mean? Like you have depth or you have this like, you know, weird mentality, like a unique mentality that is, that is different than what you appear, uh, appears that everyone else has out there. And then it's like, well, then where do you find people that may think like you? And now I mean, and I, language matters so much too. Cause like, I think about it like, uh, like being open and honest, I think it's a great policy. You should I, be, right? I, I, yeah, it's a great way to start communicating things. The problem is, is that when your motives aren't clearly defined in your head because you're going through something and you haven't fleshed everything out, it's very easy to like have these, uh, like almost like micro negators where you're constantly framing things in such a way where it's like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just having a hard time today, but like, you know, it's not your fault or, or like basically you're just constantly dismissing the relationship in some sort of way where it's like, I don't even know why you date me or I don't know how you could put up with this. I'm so much to handle. I have way too much. Like you're constantly framing out this whole idea of like, hey, this is going to end because I just can't see any other way mm-hmm. that this moves forward mainly because I haven't really figured out any other ending. Mm-hmm. The, the other endings seem too permanent. Interesting. And it's like, it's hard in the moment to actually think about this stuff. It's very easy after the fact to reflect on it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that like comes off of like that whole concept of just allowing yourself to be sad. Because I think like we learn mm-hmm. way more from being sad than we do from being happy or depressed. I think those two extreme emotions don't mm-hmm. really lend to, to any sort of growth. Because one, you're just crippled. And the other one, it's like this false, almost like uh, boost of of hormones or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like when you're sad, you're just like literally in this mode where you're kind of soaking in some reality. And it's like, you know, I probably caused a lot of this. And I probably caused all of this in some ways. Yeah. 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 And it's like, well, I mean, like, you know, everybody has control of their own decision making process. But that's what I struggle with is that like at the end of the day, we get to control the effort that we put forth and mm-hmm. how much of a priority we make these things and whether or not we want to be in relationships or, or whatever the case may be. And like, yo, I just sit and think about it and I'm so driven by the idea of being on my, de- this is, this is a vision that goes back to like maybe when I was 12. Mm-hmm. I used to think to myself, um, cause like up until I was 12, I was chubby and I wasn't very popular. From that point forward, I found sports and I did well. 
But like up until 12, I had definitely had some esteem issues. And I used to just think to myself, like, what if I were in a car accident and I was just like in a hospital in a coma? Like who would come? And like that fear has like stayed within me where it's just like, as you start to get older and you don't have a family yet and you're not like planning for kids or anything along those lines, it's just like, when I'm, when I'm like dying, mm -hmm. who the hell is going to be there? And it probably doesn't matter. Right. Because it's so permanent in some nature. Some people are going to say, yeah. Yeah. But I think anything that you can find belief in or find drive in or find this desire in. Interesting thing you said about the relationship, right? I am the exact opposite of what you said. You said like, I'm too much to handle. And like you sort of, I try to go the other way where I'm like, I want to make this work. Like I'm trying, yeah. I, I feel like I'm explaining to you logically how we can make this work right here's what i'm thinking right like let's try to fix these issues and let's try to move past the issues let's get on to something else right let's get on to solve these other problems or get on to whatever we want to achieve outside of the relationship sort of wise. so i try to like go the other way where I i'm sort of thinking like i think this can be fixed i think this can be fixed i i five hope like i believe in you i believe in myself i believe that we can get past this i've tried to achieve every problem I've ever sort of encountered in some type of way. And with effort, I, I feel like you can do anything you want to do. Yeah. So I take that approach with things. And then sort of you talked about the idea of of the the fear of who's going to show up to these things. And it sounds like you use that as a motivator in terms of finding this desire to, to do anything or to achieve anything or to achieve the relationship. So yeah, I think for that, right? Any anything that that we can use. This is why like religion. I realized why religion is is religion. Last night, I was watching some Christian music. Shout out to uh, Hillsong Worship, who I've gone back to a few times. <laughs> I've actually heard a couple of those songs. That's good. Listen, that should that's just good, man. But the EDM version of Christian music, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. it's like pop. Yeah. But then the concerts are cra they're so everyone's oh, God, singing. Yeah. They're into it. Their hands are in the air. I'm like, damn, this is like. But it makes sense because. And, you know, I feel like I'm not, I'm, this isn't new territory where everyone's be like, yeah, no shit, buddy. But I never understood this whole idea of religion is like, why are people religious in some way? Even though I went to Catholic schools and it was, well, that gives you meaning in your life and it gives you something to believe in. It gives you something to get motivated about and something to sort of look up to or, 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 or drive you and, and drive you to do something or drive you to be a good person or drive you to be whatever it is that you want to be. So I think if you can, whatever it is that you choose to believe in, it's, is if it's, connects with you then that seems to be what matters and i guess the downside is then well then something might connect with you and then doesn't connect with anyone else and you feel ostracized and you don't have your community and you don't have your connections and then you feel like what's wrong with me sort of thing like that so then that's where you have to decide well do i you know what's myself and what do i want to change and what do i want in my and that's like you decide what you want out of your life like do you want people do you not want people how do i get you know so i just think a lot of this is a byproduct of the non-traditional path it's like the traditional <laughs> path has this so laid out for you Right. It's like you prioritize Simple. family life or, or you, sorry, you prioritize family, career, relationships, first and foremost, those sort of things come to a head. And if you have any time left over, then you get to do something for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's noble. It's very self-sacrificing and it's very, um, you know, again, traditionally based. But I, I, I find the level of happiness that could possibly be extracted from that to be what I assume to be relatively low or simple. And I'm not trying to knock anybody. Uh, I, I mean, it's a great path in the sense that like, it's it's cookie cutter. You just get to show up and really pour your effort into these arenas and, and kill it. But, and maybe this is why we're ultimately arriving where we are. To me, it's like, you you end up on a much better, more profound path if all actions are acknowledging selfishness in some capacity. Right. So I think like the ultimate power couple 
are two people who are independently selfish that are then able to come together and be selfless uh, like for one another, like mm -hmm. pushing each other, whatever the case may be through growth. But like, if you can't self-sustain, if you're dependent in some capacity, because like the whole idea of I'm going to be the martyr and be totally selfless for this relationship, you're just going to get walked on. And it's like, if two people like that connect, then, you know, maybe they have a shot. But like when you, if you find yourself any success in poker, it's more likely you're the, you're the type of person who is going to be a little more on the selfish side. You're going to be a lot more on the independent side. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be very difficult to just like prioritize a relationship where you have to make them happy. Well, I can agree with you on, on like these sort of thoughts, but the relationship experts out there are going to, they're going to like hear this and they're going to be like, they're not even going to understand what the fuck that, that we're talking about. Right. Yeah, that's because true. they're, they're the other way so hard that right. they're like, what are these, what are they, what are they even saying? Right. And I think that's sort of where, where we need to kind of go to the other side and kind of get that knowledge or perspective or experience and sort of realize, okay, well, how do these people have these healthy relationships? So if your goal is you want to be healthy and you want to have healthy relationships and you say that's something that you want to do, then you need to find people that are in these things and say, well, what, what is it about this that makes this for you? And sure. what, what are the questions I have? And then what do you think about this sort of, and kind of find the answers like that. And have you ever studied personality type? You ever done 16 personalities.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what, what do you come yeah. up with? Uh, I honestly don't remember. I, I used to know, and then I dismissed it when I found out that the Myers-Briggs test was actually made up by a romance novelist. Interesting. Cause I go through it's mine crazy. on the 16 personalities.com and I'm like a E N T E N T J E N T J or something like yeah. that. Right. But I think I'm either, I think ENTP, I'm either E N T P. I think that's okay. what I am. Yeah. And then it says the person that you, you would, your ideal match and it describes that. And I'm like, well, this is fucking me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've, I've gone through that. Uh, site a lot because uh, uh -huh. it does interest me and i found that like i fit like a lot just by reading the descriptions i think there's one that's like the debater um, that's what that's what i am that's yeah what I, say. I am the debater and i go oh that makes sense because <laughs> yeah. like the debater he doesn't really like he doesn't i don't get i never get i never take anything personal in these in these like back and forths on things i right. just like i just like going back and forth on topics like either side i, I take either side yeah, yeah, yeah. on a thing and i real and that's why like i sit on the fence like people say that a lot too but i sit on the fence because like it's in both sides, right? Like it, 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 both sides kind of make sense where they're coming from. And then I read that and I was like, oh, cause I remember uh, someone told me like, you like debating things. It's like, no, I don't. I hate it. I fucking hate debating. <laughs> You're debating them. Whether and I was like, like wait a second. I do like debating. <laughs> right. And then I yeah. looked up the, like the ideal match. It's this sort of like this introvert mm -hmm. who has that 